0: May the grace of God in Christ fill you with peace and joy for eternity. Amen. We're reading a section of John chapter 6 for today's message. In fact, we'll read from John 6 for the next two weeks in worship as well, working our way through what's sometimes called the bread of life discourse. All of John 6 centers on this conversation Jesus has with some of his followers, during which he uses this extended metaphor of bread for himself. Sometimes he's living bread, or bread of life. Sometimes bread from heaven. Always bread. Jesus uses this metaphor to build on a miracle that we read about at the beginning of John 6. We heard that two weeks ago, the feeding of the 5,000. Jesus miraculously fed a 5,000-plus strong crowd of his followers with a young boy's lunch of fish and bread. The people wanted to make him their king, king king-free lunch! But before they could stick a crown on Jesus' head and storm the Roman garrison in Jerusalem, Jesus disappeared. He withdrew by himself to pray, sent his disciples across the Sea of Galilee on a boat, and left the crowd scratching their heads. Now, a day or so later, on the other side of the Sea of Galilee, the crowds have caught up with Jesus. They understand that he has no interest in being king-free lunch, but they want to see him do that trick with the bread again. Last week, we would have read the section of John 6, which includes that conversation, but we celebrated a special world mission Sunday instead. So here's what we missed. John 6, 25, the people find Jesus on the other side of the lake and nonchalantly ask him, Rabbi, when did you get here? They're playing it cool. Oh, look, Jesus! What a surprise to find you here. Jesus isn't fooled. Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. I know why you're looking for me, he says. Cut the charade. Then he goes on. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. Work for food that endures to eternal life. The crowd hears that. They're intrigued. John 6:28. John 6:28. Then they asked him, What must we do to do the works God requires? How do we earn this eternal food? Jesus answered, The work of God is this, to believe in the one He has sent. And he goes on, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. All those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never drive away. And now this is where we pick up today. At this, the Jews there began to grumble about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, Is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he now say, I came down from heaven? Isn't it strange that these Jewish opponents of Jesus don't mind when Mary and Joseph's boy is doing miracles? When the bread was multiplying and they were eating to their fill, they wanted to make Mary and Joseph's boy their king. They only bring up now the fact that they know him and who he is. They know his mother, father, they know his family. They only bring it up now to humble him in their eyes because they want to have some reason to hide behind as they reject his message. That's what we call rationalizing. Coming up with a reason to, after the fact, justify a choice you'd already made. We humans are good at rationalizing, aren't we? We are presented with a choice, we make a decision, and then we stick with that decision because that's our decision. And no matter what someone else may say to us about that choice, we made that choice and we can't admit we're wrong. We muster up all kinds of arguments, legitimate or not, to dismiss any notion that maybe we should reconsider. Politics, parenting, purchases, problems, we don't ever want to be told that we have made or are making the wrong choice. It's bad enough when we act this way in the world, in our day-to-day lives, it hurts us. It makes our relationships with one another shallow when we can't take the advice of others or feel confident in sharing our counsel with them, that's bad enough. But it's soul-killing, eternally deadly, when we go with our gut instinct, when we won't listen to someone else, about salvation. Jesus says to the Jewish opponents grumbling about him, verse 43, Stop grumbling among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them. Think about the impact of what Jesus is saying there. Our being Christians is not the end result of a long, deliberative process, a decision any one of us made, No one becomes a Christian by setting out on the table in front of them the holy books of every world religion, reading through them cover to cover, and in the end picking up the Bible and saying, this one makes the most sense to me. It feels like the most sensible option. No one comes to Jesus unless the Father draws that person. Now, I have known, you have probably known, maybe you are, someone who drifted through any number of other religions before encountering Christianity and finding here the truth that gives rest and peace. But that is not because of any deliberation on that person's part. When someone reads God's word and believes its message, salvation as God's free gift given in Jesus, that's God at work. That's the Father drawing us to his Son. But that's boring. And behind the crowd's objections about knowing Jesus, knowing his family, the real reason for their rejection of his teaching is that they didn't want salvation to be boring. They wanted to do something. They wanted to earn it. Again, from earlier in John 6, verse 28, they asked Jesus, What must we do to do the works God requires? They want to show God that they deserve salvation. They want to earn it. And Jesus' answer to their question, Is boring. Jesus answered, The work of God is this, to believe in the one He has sent. Behind all unbelief, all rejection of the gospel, is the desire that salvation, acceptance by God, not be boring, that it be something we have to earn. Someone might say, I believe that people are good, and will do good, and God will love us. Well, that sounds great, and it's true that God loves us, but people are not good, and we see in our own lives, in the lives of others, that we constantly prove that we don't do the good we should. Someone who has seen that and admits it might go in a very opposite direction. I know I'm bad. If there's a heaven, I don't deserve it for the things I've done. Again, that same natural assumption that we earn heaven by what we do is what's behind that despairing unbelief. But here's the good news. Jesus is our boring reason for getting into heaven. Boring is bread. Bread isn't the most exciting food, right? If you want to try something exciting, interesting, new, you're not going to sit down with a loaf of white bread. When we hear about someone who's old and into their old age is still maintaining themselves, right, enjoying their longevity, we always want to know, what is it that you ate, drank, what did you do? to keep yourself into this shape where you can still enjoy these years that you're here on earth. you got to love the answers that people give, right? You get one person who's going to say something like, well, I smoked a pack a day and that's what I credit it to. Other people, oh, it's ice cream every meal, that's my secret. And then you got the people who, they give the answer you know they're going to give, right? Well, staying active, running, walking, swimming. You're never going to hear someone say, the secret to my long life is just eating bread. That wouldn't be the secret. That can't be the secret. But our bread from heaven is the secret to our eternal life. I am the bread of life, says Jesus. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. When Jesus speaks in this section of eating him, he's talking about faith, believing in him, trusting that what he says is true, that you don't have to go looking for other spiritual food to fill you up and give you life. Trusting that His Word, recorded in the Scriptures, is enough. His life, given in your place, is what God the Father sees when you stand before Him. And how does that trust come about in us? God the Father draws us to Jesus, His Son, through His Word. Jesus is boring bread. Thank God. Without Jesus revealed to us in the Bible, we would never know what spiritual food would give us eternal life. We would try everything under the sun to fill ourselves up to earn God's love and favor. Maybe we would go and deny ourselves like monks, right? Maybe that's what God wants me to do, to live simply. Maybe we would give everything away to people. Maybe this is what God wants. We would go out and be the most caring, empathetic, loving people that we could possibly be doing the best in the world that we could. Maybe that's what God wants from me. None of it would ever be enough. But God comes along and puts all that to rest by giving us Jesus. He tells us to sit down, to stop working for just a moment, and to delight in the simplicity of salvation, one free and full by Jesus. To delight and our bread of life. And then, all those things I just mentioned, all those exciting things that we want to do to earn our salvation, our acceptance from God, we go ahead and do them. We can go ahead and be the most loving, empathetic, caring people that we can be. We can go ahead and give to the needs of others. We can go ahead and do good in the world because now we're free to do it no longer enslaved to those duties, running on the hamster wheel to satisfy an angry God. We eat from our bread of life and suddenly we're standing in front of a buffet. And God says, choose whatever you want. God doesn't need anything from you. You're free. Live out the love he showed you in Jesus in whatever ways you are best equipped to do so. How you were saved might sound boring. God gave me faith and brought me to Jesus. I didn't do anything. But living that out is the most fun of all. Amen.